Hey y'all, welcome to the Appalachian Overlook, a metaphorical ride up these winding mountain roads where we'll explore topics and questions about what it means to live a good life in Appalachia. My name is Sarah Saavedra and I'll be your host in these conversations, airing here on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia, and also available as a podcast wherever you may listen to podcasts. On today's episode, we'll dive into the topic of grief. If you've lost a close family member recently, or even not so recently, the holidays can bring a new wave of grief or add a bittersweetness that can make this time of year especially difficult for some of us. Why is the process of grieving so messy? And how can we support ourselves and others when the pain of loss is so acute? Let's take a look today on the Appalachian Overlook. Thanks again for joining me today on this episode. I know grief and the holiday season is not an easy topic, but I hope you'll stick with me because invariably, even if you are not the person um, who is experiencing grief this holiday season, you probably know someone who is. We've lost a lot of people in the last couple of years and inevitably we all uh, will lose someone close to us. Death is, is one of those things that we have a hard time talking about, but it happens to all of us. So, you know, the holidays, no matter whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, even if you're a secular version of merriment, you know, all of those are advertised to us as a time of joyous family reunions, right? Where love abounds and we feel a type of magic all around us. We love those feel-good hallmark moments, right? But let's be honest with each other. Most of us don't necessarily feel the magic, right? Maybe the holidays are filled with stressful, even toxic family patterns. You know the kind I'm talking about where you feel anxious and unable to be yourself. Maybe the holidays are a stark reminder of childhood trauma or stressful production of putting on the perfect family front. The grief of the holidays isn't always because we've lost someone to death. Sometimes grief shows up because of divorce or family conflict. And honestly, in my experience, if you're grieving this holiday season, it can be very isolating. You don't know how to talk about it and those around you may feel uncomfortable and have no clue what to say or do to make you feel any better. So they avoid you altogether. Ever feel like people are scared they'll quote unquote catch your grief like it's, you know, a disease? Shoo, y'all, this is tough stuff. For me, uh, the holidays after I lost my parents were particularly tough. Our traditions were mostly tied to joining extended family gatherings, right? So none of those traditions really felt like mine. I felt anchorless and I was so sad. I would put on a brave face and grit my teeth through the loneliness, hoping my children didn't feel my grief, right? Because they were little, they didn't know, um, you know, of course, a couple of them are old enough to miss their grandparents, but most of them never even got to meet their grandparents, right? I didn't want to spoil the celebrations by wallowing in my grief, so I pretended everything was okay. But life is messy. We can hold space for joy and celebration with grief and pain all at the same time. It's when we avoid our pain that we prolong it and experience suffering. Let's remember, pain is neither good or bad. It just is. 
and if we can get curious about the pain of grief, we can find ways to experience the fullness of life alongside our pain. When we try to shut out the spectrum of our feelings, we miss out on the ability to enjoy even the best of feelings too, right? So like if you're constantly trying to avoid the pain, you also dull your emotions for all the good ones too. So it's really important to to really get curious about your feelings, the pain you might be feeling, and not try to escape it. You might feel like you'll break into two, right, if you have to face that pain, but it's important to face it, to sit with it bravely and openly, even if it's just for, you know, a few minutes at a time and not, you know, not letting yourself get swallowed up by it, but maybe you can only handle it a few minutes at a time to really sit with yourself and connect with yourself. But this will allow us to go through the storm, right? There's that cliche saying, there's the only way, you know, past it is through it. And then find a calmness and softness on the other side. It builds your empathy, increases your capacity for love and connection. And honestly, social connection is what gets us through tough times like this. So how do we feel the pain of grief without breaking? Well, Amy Green, who's the director of the Center for Spiritual Care at Cleveland Clinic says, while death ends a life, it does not end the relationship. Adjusting to a new reality takes time and does not follow a totally predictable pattern. If you've experienced grief, you know this to be true, right? Grieving is as unique as every individual who experiences it, which will be all of us. At times, emotions may make you feel rather outside of your body. When I feel grief this way, I tend to have a singular focus of, you know, getting things done, marking things off the list. It's really about taking care of the external and ignoring the internal, right? The internal turmoil or pain um, that might be going on inside, I disconnect from that. I don't feel like I'm present in my body and I'm just focused on external things with my blinders on and really just barreling through. It eventually catches up to you. So I I don't recommend that. I always tease that if my house is really, really clean, you know that I'm dealing with something. But for others, you know, this out-of-body feeling may manifest in depression or isolating behaviors, you know, keeping yourself isolated from others. It's really hard to connect with anyone else when you're not connected to yourself. For me, when I'm feeling this disconnection, right, when I'm feeling disconnected from myself and operating with my blinders on, I've come to realize it's a clear sign that I'm avoiding feeling the grief, the sadness, the loneliness. This is the time to revisit the basics, okay? So when you're feeling like this, here's a few things uh, that I would recommend. First is to just stop and breathe. Notice how your body feels. Simplify it. Notice how your body expands and contracts with your breath, right? Just just how your lungs feel as you pull in air and how your lungs feel as you blow it out. Notice how your feet feel on the ground. Is your face relaxed or is it tense, right? A lot of times I'll sit there and, and realize my jaw is clenched, my tongue is stuck at the top of my mouth, and I I just can't relax my face. So notice these things. Connecting with how your body feels helps me to start feeling what's going on inside, right? Because it it brings me back to the internal instead of just the external. 
Consider what you need in this moment. Okay, take out your journal, go for a walk, take a bath, create something maybe, get a drink of water or a hot cup of tea, whatever sounds right to your gut and your intuition. Don't force yourself to get into the holiday spirit. Pay attention to what your spirit needs now, right? The more that we try to avoid doing those things for ourselves, as hard as they may seem or as impossible as it may seem that they will help, when we avoid doing those things and try to push them off, you know, in favor of other emotions, really we don't get access to those either. So find a way to give yourself what you need in that moment, okay? And remember, let go of the things you can't control and make plans to change the things you can. I'll tell a little story here. When, um, when I first got a divorce, I really grieved the holidays, right? This is a different kind of grief, but it was grief nonetheless. I didn't have my kids with me um, for half the holidays, and I felt robbed of half their memories and traditions. It took me a few years to let go of the significance I was assigning to the actual calendar date of the holiday, right? Well, now we have our own traditions. This was something I could control. I couldn't control that my children were going to be spending half their holidays with their father. That's just the way it was. There was no changing that. What I could control was when we celebrated the holiday. Um, so just because the kids were with their father maybe for Christmas Eve and Christmas morning didn't mean that I couldn't create my own traditions and keep those going on a day that was different than the calendar day. So, you know, sometimes those traditions just sometimes they fall before or after the actual day. Instead of rushing to, you know, get Christmas done on the half day, I have the kids this year, we'll have our Christmas Eve traditions of making fried rice and handmade egg rolls plus opening one gift on Christmas uh, night. It will actually be Christmas night, but we'll do our Christmas Eve that night when they get home. And then we move our, you know, Christmas morning traditions to the next day. So yeah, it's not on Christmas, but honestly, I don't know why I was holding on to that for so long as uh, you know, really special day. And then I would just get, you know, into my feelings about it and try to, you know, do Christmas the way I thought, I, I don't even know what I thought, but it was a way to build a lot of resentment and not take control of what I could control. Sometimes the simplest solutions can be hidden under layers of grief and resentment. Okay. I'll say that again. Sometimes the simplest solutions can be hidden under layers of grief and resentment. This is why connecting with yourself and examining what you need this holiday season is so important. I've always really loved this quote. It's uh, attributed to Alexandra Bracken. Life tossed us up into the air, scattered us, and we all somehow found our way back. And we will do it again and again. So let's find our way back. Uh, we'll talk about more on how to connect with ourselves and other things to say to folks who you might know are grieving if you don't know what to say. Uh, let's take a break for a song. I'm going to play one of my favorites um, from one of my favorite bands ever, the Wood Brothers. Let's hear Luckiest Man. It reminds me to find gratitude in what I do have, even in the smallest of things. And so this is a good song to remember that. I hope you enjoy.
My whole Saturday and Sunday too I was thinking about ways not to lose Lay down my weapons is what I've done Too late to hide, feet too soft to run When people say I'm the luckiest man And yeah, they say Running is useless Fighting is foolish You're not gonna win But still, you're the luckiest Man you're up against Too many horses And mysterious forces What you don't know is You are the luckiest Man, you're the luckiest Yes, man. I don't talk to the devil when he calls my name. But sometimes when I'm losing, it all seems the same. And when I fall, I'm back up again. Just to slip on the same mistakes and slide right back in But people say I'm the luckiest man Yeah, they say Running is useless And fighting is foolish You're not gonna win But still, you're the luckiest man You're up against Too many horses And mysterious forces What you don't know is You are the luckiest man You're the luckiest man Try to keep my faith And keep my mind I hate to lose either one When the whip cracks behind And I can't help but mourning Just a little each night People say everything's gonna be alright They say I'm the luckiest man I love that song. That was The Luckiest Man by the Wood Brothers, and we are talking about how to cope with grief during the holidays here on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia. I'm your host, Sarah Saavedra, and you are listening to the Appalachian Overlook. We've talked about uh, tuning into your emotions, right, and the grief, uh, the painful emotions that maybe we're trying to avoid, and staying connected with yourself so that you can move with your grief instead of trying to escape, numb, or avoid it. We do a lot of that, uh, whether it's grief or just painful emotions. And so instead of trying to escape, numb, or avoid, we're trying to stay connected, right? Well, that's much easier said than than done. <laughs> and it takes practice. It's not something that um, is natural to us, right? Like we are evolutionarily 
plugged in to avoiding pain, right? Pain means death. We've got this kind of fight or flight or freeze uh, response to painful feelings. So it does take a lot of practice uh, to, to come back to yourself, come back to your body gently, right? However you might do that for yourself. So since we started with the most difficult first, let's get into some practical things that you can do, right? While you're practicing staying connected with yourself, and while this is really crucial, I know it can feel impossible sometimes, um, especially in the early days of grief. So sometimes it helps just to have a plan so that you can feel prepared and you don't feel out of control. So let's start with the very most important one, maintain a routine. And I put a note here, get lots of sleep right? So maintaining a routine can be so hard, even if we're not dealing with grief during the holidays, right? There's all sorts of new things popping up. I've got two band concerts uh, on separate days for kids this week. We need khakis. There's a holiday party next week and on the weekend. You know, that routine can be really hard to um, keep in the holidays, but especially if you're grieving right now, a loss of someone you love or a loss of a job or whatever the grief may be, maintaining your routine is really important, especially getting lots of sleep because being tired and overwhelmed can quickly lead to burnout and leave us feeling unstable, right? And when we're unstable, dealing with those uh, uh, powerful emotions that come up can be really tough. So make sleep a top priority to you and take care of yourself. Make sure you start off on the right foot every day to handle the obligations that you might be facing this season. Next, I'd say let's let's set some boundaries. Let's set some boundaries with holiday events. You may feel pressure to attend certain holiday parties, family gatherings, whatever it may be, but remember to check in with yourself and your readiness. If you don't feel ready for that social obligation, whatever it is, don't do it. Don't feel like you have to stay uh, the entire time right? Maybe it's just that you need to make a show, but you're going to make a show for 30 minutes and then you're going to head home because you need to get to sleep or participate in, you know, every invitation. It's not necessary. You don't just because you're invited doesn't mean you have to be part of it. Okay. So set realistic expectations for yourself when you're looking at obligations of the season. Um, also a, a good one for me and, and everyone has their own experience with this, but was to honor old traditions and memories, right? So sometimes it can be so painful to do this, but if you surround yourself with people who love and support you and give you that connection to old traditions and fond memories, you might find that really comforting. So kind of explore that. You know, I have at times taken out some of the recordings I have of my dad playing music and singing and played those with the kids and around people that I love, and that's really been comforting to me. Maybe it's a silly tradition that you had every uh, Christmas. Maybe you made a certain dish. Maybe um, a certain favorite food is kind of a, a memory thing for you or a tradition thing for you. Honor those things. Give yourself time to do those things because they can really help. And in that same vein, maybe it's making new memories and traditions. Maybe that is where you'll find comfort because like I said, sometimes old traditions can feel unbearably painful when you don't have that connection to that person who might not be there anymore. So sit down with your family that you do have and decide what they want to continue. You know, make that decision together. And if there are new traditions, maybe you could establish those that will bring comfort. You know, be creative with it. These are your traditions. These are your rituals. These are the things that will make you feel better. Maybe it's going to put a bouquet um, down at a cemetery. Maybe it is uh, making, like I said, a favorite food of the, whoever you've lost. Maybe that's something you didn't do before, but it's a new tradition you want to put in. 
Maybe it's just looking through old pictures or having a moment of silence. Um, it can be a lot of different things. So really kind of think about that. Take your time um, really connecting with other family members who may also be grieving the same person and find out, find out what feels right um, for new traditions and new memories that you can make together. Some people find it really helpful to volunteer or to do something charitable, right? Connecting with others who might be struggling in their own way this holiday season can help bring more joy to your own. This type of connection through service can increase feelings of compassion and empathy. We talked about that a little earlier. And having those feelings of compassion and empathy for others can really make it easier to give that same compassion and empathy back to ourselves when we're having a tough time. So consider volunteering, consider saying no to some obligations because they don't uh, bring joy to you and instead replace that time with volunteering or doing something charitable. Maybe that is a, a way that will help you cope with what you're going through. But what about those of us who want to offer support to someone we love who is grieving, but we, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. We can't fix it, right? Our culture tends to avoid talking about grief altogether. We get uncomfortable. If you've made it this far with me in the podcast, I commend you because a lot of times people don't want to talk about this stuff, okay? We get uncomfortable. Um, we don't want to say the wrong thing. We might, you know, and maybe we might just feel like avoiding the person altogether because their grief feels overpowering. It's the biggest thing in the room. I remember in the early years after my mom died, my ex-husband asking me when the grief would end. He asked me how long the grieving process lasts. I also remember a close friend telling me that she avoided calling me on my mom's birthday because she didn't know what to say. I'm not sure why she felt like she should tell me that, but that was really awful. It felt really bad. So please don't do either of these, right? These are just two of many examples I could give you about terrible things people said to me that made me feel so much worse during my grief process. Know that grieving never ends. It ebbs and flows like the ocean. There is no finish line and this is okay. If you want to offer support, acknowledge this fact that grief does not end. Even brief remembrances, right? Even brief uh, things to say like, uh, I know you must be missing your mom this Christmas. I'm here for you. You know, just acknowledging that the grief is there sometimes can be so meaningful because it, it feels like then you're allowed to feel it right for the other person who's going through that grief. So, you know, if you don't know what to say, here are some tips. Um, instead of let me know if you need anything, right? That's so open-ended and the person who's going through grief, especially if it's very recent, has no idea, no clue what they're about to face. I mean, they really don't even know what they need necessarily. So instead of let me know if you need anything, how about I'm dropping dinner off on Monday? You know, make it specific, make it so that you can drop and go and uh, the person doesn't necessarily feel like they have to entertain you or clean their house or do anything like that. Just a very simple, I'm going to drop off dinner on Monday, I'm bringing by bagels in the morning, whatever it may be. If it's someone close to you, offer to help with errands or responsibilities. You know, like I said, breakfast, a frozen meal, picking up some groceries, toilet paper. I mean, it's amazing the things you forget when you're in a cloud of grief. Those small practical ways to help when you can't find the words are impactful, right? So if you feel like you don't have the words, you can just do something and you know depending on how close you are to the person um, that can be so impactful I remember when my father died and I had a six-week-old 
baby and a toddler and I was just people kept coming by the house and I was exhausted there was someone who just dropped off a cooler full of drinks a roll you know a whole pack of toilet paper rolls and paper towel rolls because and paper plates because they knew people would be coming in and out and bringing food and needing drinks and that it would just be something that we needed and they didn't even leave their name they came and refreshed the drinks uh, the next day for a couple of days actually and it was the most uh, memorable thing that someone did for me in a time of grief. So there are lots of things like that that you can find that might be meaningful to the person that you want to comfort. If you're still unsure of what to say, consider communicating presence, right? That you're there and that you care. Simple things. I'm here for you. Or I wish I had the right words. Just know that I care. Or even if you knew the person um, that passed away, you know, sharing your favorite memory. I remember when people would tell me their favorite memories of my mom or my dad, things that I didn't know. They were amazing because it made me feel connected to my parents in a way that I didn't have, right? I was so young when I lost them that I didn't really know them outside of mom and dad. And so that was really, really lovely for me when people shared their favorite memories. Share yourself by just being present. So maybe just bring coffee or tea and keep them company uh, or invite them to coffee or tea if they feel like going out. Give them a hug. You know, sometimes it feels like when you're going through grief, you're a leper who people are afraid to be around or touch. And a big hug is definitely something I just needed sometimes. And you don't always have to say anything. Just listen and be present. Being available to listen is so important for someone who's going through grief because you feel crazy you feel like you're never going to get through it and sometimes just talking about it is all you need here are some things to avoid at least they lived a good long life you know that doesn't bring anyone any comfort um you know just a good long life is great we all hope to have that um, but that might not be the case you might not know hidden things um about this person's life and not just that, it's still, even if they had a good long life, you still miss them. It's still the ending of something and it's still something to grieve. Um, avoid saying they're in a better place or God has a new angel or there's a reason for everything. These like, I know they're meant to be spiritual y'all, but they are just not comforting at all. And they really diminish the pain of grief. Um, also avoid things like be strong or you're so strong. Um, those are nobody wants to be strong nobody wants to have to put on this front and this facade so avoid those two because it it feels like an obligation to not fall apart um, time heals all wounds is another one I hate to hear uh, because you know there's some truth to time right time does give us some perspective and time does help us to work through our emotions and feel them uh, a little more gracefully but it's just not appropriate especially in the early stages of grief, right? And it's trying to fix something or imagine an end to something. And that's the last thing someone who's grieving needs to hear. But, you know, instead of how are you, right? Like, because what a loaded question, especially if you know someone is grieving and you see them, you say, hey, how are you? Well, I mean, they probably want to, you know, say I'm doing awful. I feel terrible. I can't get out of bed. I'm crying all the time. You know, whatever it may be that they're going through, how are you is is platitude that people just never answer honestly so maybe instead of how are you I'm so glad to see you today 
you know, it's just little changes, just really thinking about um, how you approach a person and what you would want said to you uh, to comfort. And, you know, sometimes if you've never been through this, you don't know, you can't imagine. So this is my experience of the things that I hated hearing from people and my experience of things that really did help uh, me as I was grieving. You know, just recognizing the loss, not trying to fix quote unquote grief or minimize it to avoid it. This is where you find the right words, you know, talking about loss and death is something most of us aren't, aren't really good at because it's so painful. But remember, you can't avoid it. Um, it's something we have to go through uh, to manage and to cope with. It's nothing that we can fix or control. And so taking control over the things that we can and really connecting with ourselves and others can help us cope with the pain and grief really anytime, but especially during the holidays when our loss feels so exposed. Thanks for joining me today on the Appalachian Overlook. I hope you'll join me next week on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next time.